Hello, Radio Land. You are listening to Cockadoodle News. It is Friday, which means that it is time for entertainment news. As always, if you ever need to get in contact with the station, feel free to give us a call. Our number is 803-576-9872. That's 803-576-WUSC. If you can't reach us on the lines, feel free to reach out on the web. You can find us on Instagram. Not on Instagram. We're on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at WUSC News. If you need to get in touch with the station, the number is the same, but the handles are different. You can find the the station on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter by searching WUSCFM. My name is Rosie James. I'll be your host today. I am joined, as always, on Fridays with Alex Rude and with Dylan Leatherwood. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Alex, what you got for us today? All right. So, for my entertainment news, I have a little something on The Voice. So recently, in the last couple of weeks, season 17 of The Voice has returned, and I'm a big fan of it. So what's been going on now is, as always, there's a panel change. It seems to happen um, almost every year now. Um, but this time it's a returning judge, uh, Gwen Stefani, a.k.a. Blake Shelton's boo. And <laughs> so... But the person that is replaced for the first time is Adam Levine. So Adam Levine was the longest standing host or judge, I should say, along with Blake Shelton. So this is the first time that he's gone. And this article on USA Today was talking about how the dynamic of the show has really changed because pretty much in all the previous seasons, it's just been Adam Levine ragging on Blake Shelton and you know vice versa and stuff they have that kind of like brotherly back and forth so now it's a lot different and uh, the article talks about how Kelly Clarkson is pretty much becoming arch enemies if you would with uh, Blake Shelton so the big thing I've seen so far in this season is um, obviously Blake Shelton is a country singer right so almost everybody who comes on and just hits a country song is automatically going to Blake usually and Blake knows that so if he turns around he usually knows he's gonna get them but Kelly tries to go hard after him every single time and uh, it's just kind of interesting to see I don't know if I I kind of miss Adam Levine personally I think he um, you know has a nice edge to him but I do like the addition of uh, Gwen Stefani back so what do you think Dylan? Well, uh, first off, I definitely agree with that whole antagonistic dynamic for those singing competition type shows. I mean, we all remember a couple years ago when American Idol was just absolutely at the heights of its popularity. The big person was uh, uh, Simon Cowell. Yeah, yeah, the mean he, guy. Yeah, he was the mean guy. So, like, we, we all watched just to see him, like, roast these regular average day people just trying to do their best. So... Honestly, like, there has to be some antagonistic element, some, you know, drama-type thing going on for, like, those kind of shows to really thrive and get the captivate the audience. And I also wonder, like, so on this show, are what are, like, most of the guests, like, trying to sing, like, genre-wise? Is there, like, a lot of country, a lot of pop? Like, what's the, what's the norm? Uh, it's... it's- pretty widespread i would say and like the difference between like the voice and at least like american idol at the beginning is you know there's a big process through where like you kind of get weeded out to like 
everybody who's coming up on stage is like very talented and you're not getting like the William Hungs like you did on like American Idol who just can't sing and they're just, you know, trying to expose that. Uh, but with that being said, it's a really widespread thing with, and usually like the judges always says it comes down to song choice. So you, some people try to do like the most and we'll go with like a Whitney Houston song, but you know, obviously that has this risk too, cause it's such a hard song to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, like Adele you hear a lot. Um, and other things like that. So I would say it's pretty widespread. And then depending on, you know, what that, then you have, like, the judges trying to do their pitch, like, oh, this is my lane. And, you know, like, if Gwen Stefani hears anything like rock, she, you know, kind of goes that route and then uses that to her advantage. And uh, John Legend with, like, the soul and R&B. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty widespread. It's always, like, I'm always curious to see, like, certain like song like uh, i forget what the song was but one of the women on um, this year did um a song with a lot of like rapping in between the singing and uh no one turned around because it's like uh you have limited spots for each judge they're trying to win because if their person wins you know essentially they win so I thought it was an interesting choice to do something that doesn't like show your range and you know all those kind of things that the judges are looking for, and it just shows that it is, um, you know, you have to be strategic about your first song choice to demonstrate all those things. Um, and I feel like the they always try to lean more towards unique, unique, because mm-hmm. if you're not perfect you know they kind of pick you apart but if you're unique it kind of makes up for that you know what i mean so yeah maybe if you're not the strong strongest uh, vocally then you can make up with you know personality or but you know the whole thing and if people aren't uh familiar with the voices their backs turn to them at the beginning Mm -hmm. they're still in the blind audition stage so it's literally and uh i forget which one of the judges said it but they say this is why it's that much harder on this show because we're not watching your performance, so we're picking apart, you know, your pitch and every single thing you do because we can't do anything else. Like, we're just staring at the crowd, so we're really picking you apart. Whereas if we were watching you the whole time, you know, um, your moves and your personality and your stage presence would, you know, really make a difference. So I find it interesting. So uh, I just want to confirm this. So when when they come on to try to audition before that, there's like a screening process. So no one that's coming up here is just like they've never been near a microphone. They're not just, you know, they have some music background. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Um, I don't know to like what extent the process is or if like, because I know on other shows they um like you've heard people around like uh, America's Got Talent mm-hmm. will we'll even like look and like see people on YouTube or and like invite people in instead of like you know when American Isle first started like the big thing with that was like they would show like the lines like outside and yeah. stuff like that you know what I mean which I don't believe is uh, really the thing which I don't know how they sh- the American Idol might still do it that way. I haven't really um, kept up on that mm-hmm. as lately, just because. To your point about Simon Cowell, without him, you know, and the the whole new panel of judges, and it's just not the same without that um, antagonistic yeah, like yeah. force you driving need, yeah, it, you need the entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like every, I know everybody wants to be happy and you know have a good time and stuff like that, but it gets boring. 
Yeah. My opinion, you know what I mean? You got to have someone kind of be a jerk a little bit. But it's not even boring. Yeah. <laughs> you, hear, you heard it here first. <laughs> but it's not, it's not without reason, you know. It's not like he's just making fun of someone to make fun of someone, you know. It's like constructive criticism or, you know, keeping it real with someone that, you know, you're not very good and this is a competition. So, and you even see it with people on um, The Voice, like, they're very honest to, like, because – I don't know if there's an age limit, but you see, like, you know, 16-year-olds and stuff like that on The Voice, and they tell them, you know, you're not ready yet or Mm. stuff like that, which I think is good, you know, because it's not, like, putting you down. Like, it's a good thing that you came on. You show you have the confidence, too. Like, good for you, but we can't just, like, let you continue on with the process if you're – because I get it, right? Like, people are more sensitive to kids. So you have to be 12, Mm -hmm. I just found out. Um, which is extremely young. And to my point is, it's crazy. Like, obviously, you want to be super nice. It's a kid, right? Everybody's yeah. very sensitive to a kid's feelings and everything like that. But on the other side of things, you have maybe someone, you know, 30-plus who's been struggling in the music world, trying to make a living, and this is, like, their big break. So, yeah, you don't want to hurt, you know, a kid's feelings, but you also don't want to take – up a spot from someone who's been you know dying to do this his mm-hmm. whole life or her whole life so um this is their career versus this is like hey like i'm talented and i just want to you know try try to exploit that talent you know, early on you know yeah. and you always have to wonder too like you're 12 like let's say you are the minimum age you're 12 mm-hmm. how much of it is your choice how yeah. much of it is your parents saying, oh, you are good enough? But like I said, there is like a vetting process, so you're probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also something, too, which I think the judges point out sometimes. There's a lot of growing to do. And then 12, your voice might change. Yeah. Like, you don't know how puberty is going to go. Like, your voice might be completely different, and you might not be able to sing after that, which I don't know how true that is. Yeah, Justin Bieber when he was a little kid, he sounded like like a little kid. Yeah, yeah. really like kind of squeaky almost in my opinion. <laughs> uh, but then you go now, you know, he's just a bona fide stud now, grown man, uh, <laughs> doing his thing. So yeah, it's just, it's just, I just like the fact that a kid won't automatic automatically, excuse me, get through just because people want to spare the feelings. I think it's important that, you know, if they're, but if they're good enough, then, you know, by all means, and that's how it should be. It should be the talent should speak for itself, not, you know. Yeah, I, I think there's better way f- better ways for young artists to grow than on a stage viewed by millions of people just, you know, kind of out in the dark almost. I, yeah. I think there's better constructive ways for that to be done. Uh, a couple points. Um just going back to that antagonist thing, one of the big biggest music critics right now in our generation is Anthony Fantano, who he does a YouTube channel. And a lot of times people can't wait for him to put out reviews because he gives some not so favorable reviews and really like, quote unquote, roast uh, some artists and some albums. So I, I think there is something to be said just about a quote-unquote roast factor or just an antagonistic perspective that people kind of get drawn to entertainment wise um i I think there's something to be said about that and then also i'm curious because i think with american idol wasn't like the the whole thing is like if you won it all you were the finalist you win it 
you get like a label deal or something. What's in it for the voice? What do they achieve? What's what can they possibly get out of being on the show? So I'm not sure if they do get a record deal. I know there's a cash prize, and I know that um, usually they get brought back a lot. Like they uh, this season, last season's winner, she was already back on in a couple, like talking to new contestants and stuff. Um, and I believe they do um, probably you know other promotional things like um, you know concerts and stuff. Um, I'm not totally sure on that. I know, like, American Idol used to always do that. They used to have, mm-hmm. like, the top ten go out and, like, do a concert afterwards. So, I mean, you definitely get good exposure. You won. So, I mean, it's got to count for something, I'm sure. But it still doesn't, um, you know, always mean that it's going to be working for you. Like, in American Idol, um, just because, it's, I mean, the voice has been on for a long time, but... Um, and the voice has been on for a long time, but you know, American Idol just even longer. And it is one of those things that, like, the sorry, I lost my point for a second. Oh, so just because you win doesn't mean really you know anything. Like you had um, Ruben Studdard and Clay Aiken and stuff like that, and then you had other people like um, you know further down the line for that. So um, you know, but like other than that. There's not too much, really, yeah. I wonder how that kind of, like, affects the relationship between the judges and the, you know, panelists. Because, I mean, like, me personally, just in general, if I'm sitting there and I sing my heart out on the show and then one of those judges turns that red chair back around at me, like, I'm thinking something's about to happen. Like, I'm about to at least get, I don't know, some type of situation where I can get in with the industry almost you know what i mean yeah i think you could definitely um you know turn that into something um and then even some people will like say like uh, one of the you know judges on the panel will be like oh i think like you have even if you don't win this show i think you have a future like working with john legend into maybe creating something because your voice is that unique or something so um i think the big thing about it is exposure you know just getting yourself out there which is great and like what you're saying before like is it the best way for like a kid to get their start um because also i think there's something about the you know creative process too just like in anything like art related like you know a stand-up comedian if they you know just get on america's got talent or something Mm -hmm. and win and get discovered and go that route you know, you're having a really different experience than the person who started stand up at 18 and was working the clubs and, you know, kind of, you know, the whole like pay your dues thing. Um, and with that, you know, comes a lot of stuff, um, you know, to build up on. I was actually just watching, uh, you know, the interview, th- uh, it's like a YouTube in- interview show called Hot Ones with Sean Evans. Yeah, yeah. I know like about. Hot Ones. Mm-hmm. So um, the lead singer of Oasis uh what's his first name something gallagher mm. liam gallagher or noel gallagher one of those <laughs> the lead singer of oasis he was um and um the host sean a- evans asked him a question about you know when did your writing process change because you know you start you're doing the whole grind thing you know you're not really well known um and then does that change the more you get famous and the lead singer was saying that like absolutely so at the beginning you know when we were 
creating that first album and writing all those songs, I felt like I was writing the same experience that the audience had. Like, we're in this thing together. We're, like, the same. I can relate to you. And then mm. he said, as it goes on, and you start getting those big checks that you really are, like, separated from them. You can't understand what everybody else is going through. So he would just move to more universal things like a broken heart and mm-hmm. stuff like that so i thought that was pretty interesting that is interesting but to relate the voice back to us common folks you know what it really sounds like an internship because there's no guaranteed money and you're just in it for the connections so yeah. is the voice just one big possible <laughs> internship yeah i i think i think it's a great i mean it pretty much is right because you you're given a chance to show right because in a lot of internships, if you go on there or go to that internship and mm-hmm. show out and you're really good, then they're probably going to offer you a job. Just like on the show, if you're you know that good, you might not win the whole thing, but you might get offered a job. Yeah, that's a very good point. Well, you got anything else for us today, Alex? It's all you, man. All right, well, I'm going to hit us with some PSAs real quick, and then we'll get right back into the action. Thank you for keeping it locked on WC, FM, and HG1 Columbia. This is Cockadoodle News. Inside every student is a graduate. For some, it's easy to find, but not for all. For many high school students, sometimes the difference between dropping out and graduating can be a boost. A boost from someone in their life, a friend, a parent, a teacher, a coach who can help these kids just see that they have potential to become. Visit boostup.org to find out how you can help someone who may be struggling to finish high school. Boostup.org. Because high school is hard, but graduating is harder. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. All it takes is one spark, one careless act to start a wildfire. So next time you build a campfire, find an open site. Clear from dry brush and overhanging branches. Be sure to keep the fire small. And when you're done, probably drown the fire, stir it with a shovel, and then drown it again. Because only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, the Ad Council, and in partnership with the National Association of Broadcasters. Having strong body language decreases our risk of being targeted for violence. When we talk about strong body language, we mean walking with our heads up and shoulders back, making eye contact with people in a way that lets them know we've seen them, swinging our arms and taking up space, and keeping our awareness up. Try walking across the room with your eyes focused on the ground about two feet in front of you. Now walk back with strong body language. Keep your head up, shoulders back, and allow for your arms to swing naturally. Notice the difference in how you would appear to others. Strong body language not only affects how others perceive us, it also increases our confidence inside. And we're back. So I wanted to talk about a podcast I've been listening to. Um, It is from MXM Tune. Uh, She's a bedroom pop artist, gotten a lot of attention. She actually just put out her album, The Masquerade, just a little bit ago. 
and I, I personally loved it. I think it's some great work. But her podcast is very interesting for two two big reasons I want to point out. Number one, you get the artist's perspective on things. I think we love all those documentaries that do that, like the new Travis Scott one, Look, Mom, I Can Fly. We, we love the artist's perspective because it's a pers- perspective that we don't have as the audience. And it's very interesting to hear her talk about her upcomings in music. She always wanted to be a YouTuber and you know make a career out of that. And she started basically doing little cover songs, and she says she would she would play them at night when everyone else in her family went to sleep because she didn't want them to really you know know that she was doing all that. And she would upload these covers to like SoundCloud, YouTube. And she was getting a little attention, and then she, you know, just decided to start doing her own songs. And a lot of them were very personal things that she felt like she couldn't tell her family and friends, even though, like, she, you know, it's really close with all of them. She just kind of wanted to have, like, her own thing. She called the online world basically, like, her secret treehouse, which I thought was a, a fantastic little analogy. And she just, you know, kind of kept at it and would make these very soft, sincere songs just sitting in her pajamas in her bedroom uh, with her ukulele, which is a very, you know, sincere instrumental already. And then her, her voice just really goes along with it. And she just started to get a lot and a lot of attention. And it was a lot for her because she didn't know what to do. She didn't know whether she should tell her parents because her parents had no idea about this. A lot of attention from like labels and marketers like hey this is what i can do for you yada 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 and it's really overwhelming for her and then one day she got shouted out by like a big publication and just felt like she had to like tell her parents about it which was very rough on her but she ended up doing that and basically after that like it it was just still like that that struggle of knowing like where do I go from here what do I do how do I copyright my stuff like all this and her dad was getting involved and she was like hey dad you know you're my dad I don't want you to be my manager but eventually she she found some management very uh she found some very very nice folks to manage her and they've had a great relationship and she finally decided to do her own album um her full length a full length album and this is also the second reason why I think it's interesting, I think it's interesting to see artists put themselves in tough situations and see what happens. Because, like, I I feel like the toughest situations in life bring out the best in us and bring out the most talent. Like, honestly, I do procrastinate a lot, but I, I really do feel like my best work is just when I'm in, like, that crunch zone and, like, I have to get it done and I, I don't have time to think. I only have time to write what's in my heart, what's in my head, yada, yada, yada. So, like, I really appreciate when an artist can put themselves in, like, a new environment, a new place, and, like, bring the best out of themselves. And she really did that on this album. The podcast is called 21 Days because that's how long it took to record the whole the whole album. It's a 10-song album. And that's actually not even mentioning there's, like, the produced part of the album that's 10 songs, but she also has, like, just acoustic versions of those same songs. So, I mean, if you wanted to, you could count more songs in that list. What's really interesting is just the person that she had as her producer for the album, she had never met in person. 
ever. Uh, they worked on one song, and it was actually the lead single for the album, Prom Dress, which I personally played on my show, and I've absolutely, I love that song. And they just communicated over email and over things like that, text message. And so she had never met this producer in real life. She had never really recorded music outside of her bedroom before. She had never even been outside of her home of Oakland before this album, which was recorded in New York, like I said, in 21 days. So she was really putting a lot on herself and putting herself in a completely new environment, new situation, recording with instruments she had never really gotten the chance to record to. Because, you know, I mean, if you're in your bedroom, you don't really have all of this, you know, in- instrumentals at your disposal like you would do in a full recording studio so she really put herself out there which i mean in her lyrics herself what she says in her songs is also putting herself out there she does a lot of heartbreak songs a lot of emotional songs so i I just love to see how like she puts herself out there she puts herself in a new situation and somehow brings the best out of herself so uh, yeah what, what you think about that have you ever listened to mxm tune uh no i have not but the um it's really interesting how, like you said, she started kind of, you know, almost afraid to, you know, be heard and, you know, couldn't felt like she couldn't talk to her family about it. Not because of, you know, any reason of not being close, but just, you know, the reason of sometimes you're just not comfortable, even if it is someone you're mm-hmm. close with. It's just, you know, one of those things that you don't want to do. But the thing that really stuck with me was you said she called... You know, her putting your music on the internet as a secret secret treehouse. Yeah. And to me, like, that's really crazy because I can understand it because you're not getting any feedback, you know, right away from anybody. It's not like a conversation. But at the same time, it's like the internet is like the worst kept secret, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. it's like <laughs> it's really interesting, you know, how people's thought process is. And then, I mean... Because obviously the secret wasn't kept, and but it led to great things for her. So I mean, it's, I just think it's a great story. It's very interesting her rationale for wanting to keep it a secret. For one thing, a lot of her songs, like I was mentioning, are somber. They're bittersweet, sad, and you know it shows in the lyrics too. She didn't want her parents to be like, "Oh, you're depressed. Why are you depressed? Like, uh, what what are we not doing? You know, to help you stay happy?" And then like. She didn't want her friends at high school to know. And also, she's very young. She just graduated high school. She's 18. She didn't want her friends to know, like, hey, hey, is Maya going to write a song about me? Like, you know, like, what's... I? She didn't want to, you know, be viewed in that light and just wanted to live a normal life. So I, I think it's a very good podcast, very interesting listen. If you have the chance, it's, once again, it's called 21 Days. Well, that's going to do it for us at Cockadoodle News. One quick thing, y'all, before we go. Um, So we are having a Canadian Thanksgiving show next week. It's October 12th. If you are not from Canada, um, it's actually Canadian Thanksgiving. Um, Didn't know Canada had a Thanksgiving, but they do. It's October 12th. Um, It's going to be at Curiosity Coffee Bar. Doors open at 7 o'clock. It is over fall break, but covers only $8. Daddy Lion will be there. Safe Finn will be there. And Glowing Screens will also be there. Speaking of podcasts, if you didn't know, we are also a podcast, unless you're listening to this on the podcast, in which case you probably also know. 
You can find us wherever you grab your podcast uh, by searching the show name Cockadoodle News. And with that, uh, we will see you sooner rather than later. This has been Cockadoodle News with your host, Rosie James, along with Dylan Leatherwood and Alex Brood. We'll see you guys next week. Dirty